Well, another week, another former Oshawa general on the OHL podcast. People are going to start thinking I'm biased and I'm a Kitchener guy. Brian Lindsay joining the pod. Hey, thanks a lot for making the time. It's good to have you here. Yeah, no, it's uh, it was quite, quite the thrill to be asked to uh, have a chat. Uh, don't get that very often. So uh, this is pretty good. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm sure it doesn't surprise you that it's another in a succession of Oshawa generals. Very proud franchise and a ton of history there with the Gens for sure. Yeah, you know what? Uh, when I first got drafted to Oshawa, I I, I didn't know um, just how proud of a franchise it was. I, I did have the privilege of of watching them win the Memorial Cup in Hamilton in in 1990, back when Lindros was was there. Um, but at that time, I was only 14, and I and I still didn't uh, believe I'd play in the OHL someday, or, or if I did, where, what team I would play for, and. Uh, you know, getting drafted to Oshawa was uh, was a thrill because again, I'd I'd, uh, I'd watched them win the Memorial Cup in my hometown, and uh, it was it was uh, it was surreal, really, uh, when my name was called to to join the franchise. The owners too, John and Barbara Humphreys. I mean, a heck of a family that you and and I think they made you feel like that when you were a member of that organization, didn't they? Uh, first class, all the way. Um, and there was a saying, and, and uh, you know, once a general, always a general. And that was also uh, reiterated by Wayne Daniels, who was the general manager at the time. Um, and, and that franchise, you know, maybe some people say things, but uh, but they really they really do uh, follow up on on that uh, on that motto. Can we go back, if we can, to being a fan watching Oshawa win the Memorial Cup in your hometown of Hamilton? Because we've talked about. Obviously, that Memorial Cup on this podcast, I don't know how many times. And in fact, one of our last guests was a member of that winning team, Jared Scaldi. Uh, but I'll tell you, it, it, for my money, Ryan, it was hands down the best Memorial Cup this country has ever seen. There has not yet been one to match it. But what was it like taking that as a fan and as a young hockey player? You know what? It was, uh, it was the first time I think I'd really watched the Memorial Cup. Um, and, and my, my, my parents had bought tickets for the whole tournament. So we were able to, to go and watch the games. Um, and, and just following the OHL that year, uh, uh my good friend, Troy Smith, we uh, grew up as, as uh, family friends and we'd have, you know, Sunday dinners together at, at their house or at our house. Um, they had builded, uh, uh, some Hamilton Steelhawks previously. And then that year, uh, was the Hamilton Dukes that had moved in. Uh, and they had a, had built one of the players in that team. So we were already following uh, the Hamilton Dukes that year, who were supposed to have been the host in the Memorial Cup that year. Um, unfortunately, they didn't have a great year, and the OHL decided to uh, switch things up and, and have that um, uh, two teams that uh, had to win the playoffs to, to go to the Memorial Cup, and there, and there wasn't a host franchise that year. So, um, you know, just, just uh, following that whole uh, season and, and the whole Eric Lindros uh his first year in the OHL and, and not going to the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. And there was a chance at that point that uh, either Hamilton or Oshawa was going to get Eric and, uh, and then Eric ended up getting traded to Oshawa. Um, it was, uh, it was neat to fall out as a kid. And, uh, and the fact that the, uh, the games were so good. Um, and I, I still remember, I think it was the round Robin game, Oshawa Kitchener. Uh, I may be misremembering me. It could have been, uh, it could have been, uh, the uh the whl team but there was an overtime game and it was uh i still remember the call and i, I think it was one of the tsn commentators and they said something like it is over 
I, I remember uh, that was a, a, a wonderful call. But uh, but yeah, you're right. It was a, it was an amazing um, it was an amazing tournament, and uh, and and the final was just fantastic. You mentioned your good friend Troy Smith, so let's just rip this Band-Aid off. First of all, all right. you're judged by the company you keep here. You know that, right? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For sure. But Smitty keeps chirping me that he deserves associate producer's credit on this podcast. He's connected me with a number of people who have been guests, yourself included. Right. Uh, Toad is your nickname for him? Well, it wasn't my nickname for him. That was his, his family's nickname for him. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, we, we grew up uh, both in Hamilton. Um, I played with his older brother uh, in the first few years of our hockey lives and, and, and Troy's father. Dave was uh, my coach in a lot of those years. Uh, our families just hit it off. They had four boys. Uh, we had three, three, I had two other siblings, myself. And uh, yeah, we just, uh, in the summer when hockey was over, we'd get together on Sundays and have a, uh, have a, have a dinner and, and, and uh, the kids would just play all sorts of sports in the backyard and get into too much trouble. But uh, yeah, Toad was, Toad was the nickname that his family gave him. So I'm glad that's now out in the open. I, uh, I hear from, I believe it's Smitty's brother that it was always tough you were always coming second place, Ryan, to a Smith, be it hockey, lacrosse, <laughs> take your pick. How Was that how it happened? What's your version of that story? Uh, is I, I'm assuming this is uh, Mike Smith trying That's to, right. trying to That's chirp right. in right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, I'll give him credit. Um, my last year in uh, university hockey at the University of New Brunswick, um, we hosted the Nationals. We played against St. FX, which both Smith boys were, were playing for, for X that year. And uh, home ice, we had uh, the two nothing, two nothing lead. Halfway through the game, they ended up tying it in in the third, and uh, we had a power play in overtime uh, to win it. Um, and as as the penalty expired, the puck came out of the zone, and and, and Saint FX had a two on one, and they and they scored to win it. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was one of those uh, handshakes. Uh, you know, my career was over for university hockey at that point, and. Uh, although I was pretty upset, pretty sad, uh, you know, giving a hug to those two guys uh, made things a lot better. And it was, it was, uh, I was happy that they, that they got to taste uh, the championship. That's exactly the story that Mike shared, by the way, same championship. But since you bring that up, let's, let's back it up. That may have been the way your university career ended at UNB, but it started with, a championship, a university hockey championship, which came the year after your OHL championship with the Gens in 97. And just a few years after that, you were winning a, a United championship with Quad City. I mean, that was like, I think I counted three in five or six years. You, you like winning or something, Ryan, or what's the deal here? Uh, it's kind of you to bring that up. Um, um, but it, it's an interesting story. Uh, and I'll, I'll throw in, in between the... Uh, in between the uh, national championship with UNB and and the uh, United Hockey League Championship, I was fortunate enough to, to play on the national team, and we won a Spengler Cup as well. So that was so uh, that was a nice uh, treat to win that one. But uh, uh, you know, I, I do coach now uh, young kids, and I, I tell them the story that you know my Hamilton teams growing up that I played on, we had we had really good teams every year. Uh, I think we had seven or eight kids that ended up getting drafted to OHL teams uh, down the line. But um, we always lost in the final and we, and we always got close. And I remember um, my particular journey was I felt like 
in semifinal games or in games that, that, that it wasn't a do or die, I felt like I was always at my best. And then whenever I got to the final, the game seven, I, I felt like I, I just couldn't perform. I felt like I just, uh, it just wasn't there. My legs were heavy. My hands were slow. Everything just felt off. And um, going into the OHL, my first three years, uh, we had good teams. We were, we were first or second in the division most times. And we lost in the first round every year. And, and, and it was devastating. And my fourth year, uh, we had a new coach, Bill Stewart, came in. And he just had a different mindset. And for whatever reason, for me, it just clicked. And, and it came down to the fact that in those early years, and this is, is crazy to think about, if we were in a road game or at home and the other team scored the first goal, I can remember thinking briefly, oh, we're going to lose this game. And, and, and it's, it's crazy to think that way, looking back now, thinking it's just one goal. You got 60 minutes in the game. But for some reason, when I was first at that, at that age, I, I would get negative. I'd get down on myself. So fast forward to Bill Stewart that year. And, you know, we would have a lot of discussions about these types of things. Um, and he said to me, he goes, you know what you want to do? He goes, every shift that you line up for, just pick one guy on the other team. And instead of worrying about winning and losing, look at that guy and say, that guy's not going to outwork me tonight and focus on that. And the whole game, just focus on that guy on that team, number 17, number whatever the guy's number is, just focus on beating that guy to every loose puck. And at the end of the day, you'll, you'll be much, much better hockey player. And I don't know if that was what, what made the switch for me personally, but from there on, I felt like I was a much better player in those do or die type games. What was that based on what you just said? And you had good teams, but you were getting bounced early in the playoffs. What was that 97 run like for you that you recall of it as you moved through? I think it was Peterborough, then Kitchener, then Ottawa in the, the final that you move on to the Memorial Cup. But what was it like as that playoff built? Uh, it was interesting because we had finished second overall in the league that year, but Ottawa was in our division. And there were then at that time, there were three divisions. So the top seeds in each division got one, two, three seeds. So we went into the playoffs as the fourth seed. The other side was that as a one seed it, it, back then, you had a choice of either playing in the first round or taking a bye. And Ottawa, which had finished first the year before in our division, um, took the bye the year before and lost in their first round, which was the second round. They decided this year to take to, to play which then passed the buy opportunity on to us. So we, as the second place team, we got a week off um, in the first round. And, uh, and, and Bill Stewart was, was adamant that he thought, you know what, guys, this is great. He goes, if you're in a marathon and it's a 30K race and you get to start the race at 20K, you're going to be fresher. You're going to be in a better shape. Um, so that was the mindset. And, and that being said, he worked our we worked our butts off that week. We had, a, we had a week of a buy and it was, we were in the gym, we were on the ice, it was bag skated. It was, it was a hard week. Um, but it, he prepared us for the, for the playoff run. And, and, and yeah, sure enough, we, uh, we got off to a great start against Peterborough. Um, I think at one point we were up three, nothing in the series before uh, we had a hiccup and lost back-to-back games and had to go into Peterborough in game six to win. Uh, and so we won game six, moved on Um Played Kitcher in the, in the next round. Uh, same thing. We got off to a good start. We were up two nothing and three one. Had a hiccup in in Kitchener and came home and won that in game in game six. Uh, but then in the final against Ottawa, it was um, I think we beat them once that year in the regular season. Uh, you know they had a, a tremendous team. 
great all-time coach, um, Brian Kilray. Um, I, I don't think we expected to win, but, but we were confident. And uh, game one, it was in Ottawa, we lost in overtime. We came home and we won. And we went back to Ottawa, lost in overtime again, came home, won again, went for game five in Ottawa, and we won. And all of a sudden, we were coming home with a chance to win the OHL in game six on home ice. And, uh, and I just remember we were so late in the season that um, we were told, pack your bags in case we lose, because we'd be on the bus up to Ottawa for the next night. And then we'll be on to Hull for the Memorial Cup if we, if we qualify the next day. So, so they had told us, get your stuff ready in case we lose tonight. Um, I never packed my bag. I, I, I don't know if I just forgot or I just was so focused or whatever the reason was. I didn't bring my bag to the rink that night. Um, and we were winning. We were winning with uh, about six minutes to go in the third. Ottawa tied it up. We went into the dressing room. And again, we'd already lost two overtime games to these guys. Uh, we'd lost at least one overtime game to Kitchener. And I think we lost to Peterborough. So overtime wasn't our thing that, that run. And, uh, and Bill came into the room and he, he looked at all of us and said, it's up to you left the room and, 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 and the, the veteran leaders on that team, um, we got riled up, we got excited. And I think, I think we scored first shift 20, 27 seconds in to, to win it. And it was, uh, like I said, it was unexpected. And I got walking around the rink that night with the, with the cup and celebrating with my teammates. I hadn't realized that that was my last game in the OHL. Like going into that night, I, I, that wasn't, I didn't even think about that. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, even a thought in my head. So, to Bill's credit, I think he he got uh, he got the best of us to to leave those those thoughts in, in in the closet and just come out and work your ass off and try to try to outperform the guy against you. So, um, yeah, it was an un- unbelievable run. Did you ever pack a bag ahead of time again? I mean, if you <laughs> right, come on, you just never would do it, would you? <laughs> yeah, I like I said, I don't know why. Um, and, and maybe I, I made the conscious decision saying, no, we're going to win tonight. I, I don't know what it was, but um, yeah, didn't pack a bag and just, uh, did I ever do it again? No, I mean, we never win that situation again. It was, it was a weird situation where they, they said, you know, we're going to win tonight, but if we don't win, make sure you're ready for the bus because we got to go to Ottawa tonight and play tomorrow and we won't be coming back because Hall's right there. So it, it, it was, it just seemed like too much. I think the guys were just like, no, we're going to win tonight. And uh, yeah, yeah, Mark Savard with the, First shift, first shift in overtime, buried the winner. Was it, was it strange for you when it dawned on you later that you had just played that last OHL game? I just thought that's so interesting that you're so caught up in the moment that it never occurred to you. It must have at some point. And, you know, I've seen so many guys when they graduate from the league, it's a tough thing to do when you realize that part, that's, that's such a meaningful part of your career is over. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was bizarre. It was, uh, so I remember we're skating around, we're celebrating with a cup and there's, you know, people make signs and, you know, go gens go and, and whatnot. And there was a, there was a sign and it said, uh, it said flying Ryan, we're going to miss you. Uh, thanks for, thanks for your time. There's something along the lines of that. And I looked up and I was like, Holy crap, that, this was the last game. Like it just, it, and yeah, it, uh, it, it hadn't dawned on me. And, and, and I, I remember taking a lot of time before I went off the ice there and uh, just to sort of soak it all in, but it was difficult because we, you know, three days later we were starting the Memorial cup. So it was, it was a wonderful celebration. Uh, it was a great moment to, to be able to finish your game and uh, sort of on your terms and your rink with your fans and your family there. Um, yeah, it was, it was a wonderful moment for sure. 
what was the Memorial Cup experience like for you? Um, it was, uh, it's hard to say. It, it, it wasn't what I thought it would be. Um, uh, we were, we were two and one in the round robin. We got destroyed by Hall. We lost eight, nothing. Um, I broke my thumb in that game and, uh, I just felt like we, I feel like we never got our best game that whole tournament. I feel like we were, maybe we had our Memorial cup was beating Ottawa and, and winning the OHL, I feel maybe we didn't have uh, enough time to cu- come down from that high and then get revved back up for the Memorial Cup. I felt like we we weren't quite there. And that being said, Hull was uh, an amazing team. Um, they were loaded with some great players and some Stanley Cup champions. And uh, I, I, I think it was Claude Julian was their coach. Um, yeah, they were they they we were overmatched by them, but I but I still feel like we didn't we didn't come out and have our best game, and we were we were a bit injured, we were a bit banged up. the The Ottawa series was tough on our on our on our group, and um, John Tripp had, had got injured in, the, in in I think the first or second game of the of the of the Memorial Cup. He had a pretty bad Charlie horse, um, but you know what? Hey, we we were in the semifinals. We were in overtime against Lethbridge, and uh, my good friend uh, Jay Schweitzer had a shot that hit the crossbar, um, and then. Uh, Lethbridge came down and Byron Ritchie scored to to uh, send them to the Memorial Cup. So it was a great experience, but I, I certainly feel like uh, like winning the OHL was more of more of the highlight for our group that year. And uh, yeah, and and so uh, Memorial Cup was 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 exciting. I just feel like we didn't ha- we didn't have our best best that that week. You know, it's funny you describe it that way, Ryan, because there's been an interesting discussion going on as you and I are talking right now during the OHL final and some. Some folks have been pointing out that they think the league title means more than the Memorial Cup because you go through a 68 game regular season, you go through all those rounds of playoffs and then, oh, the Memorial Cup's like a a nice added bonus, if you will. But it's such a short tournament. Mm -hmm. If you don't have your best and, and here you are talking about looking back on that and the OHL, the league championship meant so much in retrospect. Yeah, I almost feel like the teams that that do well at Memorial Cup are the teams that that have been there before or they've been building for a few years and and they're expected to be there and, and yeah our our uh, our run was it was culmination for a bunch of us in our third and fourth years in the league but we were also pretty young uh my roommate that year was Brian Allen uh became a first round pick in the NHL had a great NHL career um but he was 16 years old and, and he was one of our best defensemen by the, by the end of the, end of that tournament. Um, you know, our, we had, we had some fantastic rookies that year in, in Kevin Cauley and, and Brent Govro. Um, but again, they were, they were 16, 17 years old. Um, and it's hard to play against uh, a team like Hull that was loaded with 19 and 20 year olds. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I know that, we wanted to win a Memorial Cup, but it wasn't that burning desire that I think that, that, that a team like Hall, who had been building for you know a year, knowing they were going to be in the Memorial Cup, I think it was maybe just a, a little different for, for, that, for that type of a team. Um, yeah, I don't know. We talked about Bill Stewart and clearly the impact that he had and the different approach that he brought after taking over for another coach a big name coach i mean you look at your resume ryan and so along with bill stewart stan butler dave mcqueen i mean you had some guys leading you as a young hockey player
it's it's pretty impressive actually when I when I when I talk about uh, putting my application to coach uh, uh, kids hockey. Um, when I can when I can put a resume together that that, that some of the coaches that I've been fortunate enough to to play for. Um, Rick Kornacki also was, was was my first coach in Oshawa there. Mike Kelly at UNB, who, who you know has been in the NHL with with, with Jared Gallant for a number of years now. Uh, you know Mike Johnston uh, and Willie Desjardins on the national team. Um, you know Gardner McDougall at UNB. There's just there's the, the list. Of, I, I've been fortunate to uh, to play for some some great coaches, but even more important, some great people. Um, and I think the common theme amongst all of those men. Uh, is that they're they're interested in making sure that you're not just a hockey player, you're you're a good person, and, and you're going to develop and, and become a better person. Um, so that's uh, you know that, that I'm pretty fortunate to have played for all those all those great men. I had the chance. So Dave McQueen has been on the podcast before. I had the chance to meet uh, Gardner McDougal during the playoffs this year because he stopped by Kitchener uh, for okay. a couple of games over a weekend. But how about that trick he pulled off last year from UNB? called on to coach the St. John Sea Dogs after they fired their coach getting bounced in the first round and then oh hum memorial cup champion unreal yeah you know what it was it was great for for myself and, and for my 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 boys here at home to follow the the tournament but also the 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 press conferences afterwards uh i feel he owned the press conferences i thought he was uh was just a pure gardner mcdougal and 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 honestly the strength of gardner um in my opinion is that uh people really enjoy his honesty and, and he's not afraid to, you know, be a little goofy if it has to get his point across. And, um, and I mean that in the most respectful way in, in the sense of the goofiness, because he brings people out of their uncomfortable uh, state perhaps because he's not, he's not, uh, he's not too um, proud to sort of muck it up a bit and be a bit of a goofball and make a laugh that, um, that just relaxes the guys and and uh you know he's uh he's a tremendously passionate guy when it comes to his team his family uh i've seen it um and, and it rubs off on his on his players and and people buy into to his his uh his beliefs and uh yeah when you have that it's it's easy to to put together a, a good team do you draw on some of the experiences you had with these guys into your own coaching today a hundred percent. You know, I, I I feel like you should steal a little bit of everybody that you've you've gone along with and, and take the best of what they've shown you and sort of put it together with, with, with what you think you're good at. Um, yeah, no, I I, uh, I I definitely draw on all that. And it's it's interesting still uh, to this day. Uh, Mike Kelly is uh, uh, was sort of like a father figure to me of being, being a, a first year university student, uh, at UNB. And he was my first coach there. Um, you know, he, he had that, uh, he was the first coach that I had where, um, we were treated as men because again, we were, you know, I was a 21 year old freshman at, at UNB and, and the, most of the guys in my team were 24, 25. Some had already played pro hockey. Uh, so he treated us like men, but he demanded a lot of us. And at times he'd be uh, hard on, on uh, people like me that uh, could drive coaches nuts from time to time with the way I played. But even when he was uh, angry at me, he always had a, a good twinkle in his eye, which, which always made me feel that, yeah, he's pissed off at me, but he, he still cares and he wants the best. So uh, uh, anyway, to this day, Mike and I still, we still keep in touch. I texted him, uh, you know, as early as April this year, we, my, my brother and I went to New York city uh, for the weekend to celebrate his upcoming wedding. 
And uh, I texted Mike, and uh, it was the Leafs, the last regular season game there. Leafs uh, were in Massachusetts Garden and asked him if he could somehow find some tickets for us, and and he did. And, uh, yeah, we're, we, uh, I still keep in touch with him uh, quite a bit. Um, but but all, all of those coaches have been uh, had a, a great influence on me for sure. I, I can't help but pick up a little bit further on the way you played sometimes pissed the coach <laughs> off. What? No back check, no defense, Lindsay? What's the deal here? I, I, I don't think it was the back check. I, I'd say I was a decent two-way player. Um, I think I just like to make a lot of high risk plays that you know maybe <laughs> maybe you should dump the puck in at the blue line not try to you know make some stupid play or make some backhand pass you know through the through to the neutral zone that gets picked off the other way I, I just I don't know I I, uh, I always thought if you could make the play it'd be great I, I never thought that if if I didn't make the play how bad it would be on the other end so um, yeah I definitely I definitely had a few chats with the coaches after a couple of bonehead plays. <laughs> okay. One more thing on coaching, because another one of your former assistant coaches has also been a guest on this podcast before. So the Chaw says, hello. Oh yeah. Brian drum has yeah. been on this podcast and he says, I'm supposed to say hi to lamb choppy. Lamb choppy. Yes. <laughs> Yes. No, we, uh, so Brian and uh, Rick Kornacki were my coaches my first year in Oshawa. And, uh, you know, I don't know if every new player to the OHL feels this way, but, um, it's a big jump. And I was a 17 year old getting drafted. Um, and I was a first round pick and it took me until Christmas time to feel anywhere near like I could play in the league. Um, I've told people that, there's a scene in the movie in, in Star Wars where they're on the Millennium Falcon and they decide, let's put this thing into hyperspeed or whatever it is. And, and the, the way they, they shoot the scene is there's the stars out there and all of a sudden they go to hyperdrive and the stars go by and it's like tubes going by them. Um, that's how I felt my first month in the OHL. I felt if I get a puck in the neutral zone, it felt like the players were whizzing by me at this light speed. Um, and I felt lost. I felt, uh, I felt like I, I didn't belong. Um, but Brian drum was my biggest fan and he would treat me like a buddy, uh, kind of like, I guess how an assistant coach role should be, should be done. Um, he kept my spirits up. Um, he would say to me, you know, I was getting chances. I just wasn't scoring. And, and he would say to me, you know, don't worry that you're not scoring because you're getting chances. He said, start worrying if you don't get chances. Um, and, and, and so that helped me relax a little bit. And, you know, by the end of the year, I felt like I was, I was, uh, you know, able to play at that level, but yeah, there was times by, you know, I remember coming home at Christmas time thinking, uh, I don't know if I should go back. It was, it was, I found it was that difficult, the, the transition. Um, but Brian was, was like that guy that just, uh, yeah, he took me under his wing and he, and he certainly, he certainly got me through the first half of that year for sure. Was there a moment you remember, Ryan, where you're like, okay, I do belong here. I am fitting in. It, I'm starting to get it. Anything like that? You know what? It was, it, there was one game uh, and it was against the Newmarket Royals. It was a home game. And uh, I had six points that night. I had a goal <laughs> and five assists. And, and, it, and, and it just, it never felt like I did anything different than I'd done all year. It just, everything just sort of clicked. And um and then after that, it was like, okay, you do belong. And, may, and maybe that's, um, as, 
to say that confidence is, is, is the key. And, and once, once you feel confident, the game gets easier. Um, maybe that's all it was. Maybe I just needed one of those games to be like, yeah, you know what? You can score. You've done this before. Um, you belong. And then, and then after that, it was, it was, uh, it felt a lot easier. And, and, and I felt like I belonged after that for sure. I can't have a former Oshawa general on this podcast without asking about the Peterborough Peets. Still, for my money, the best rivalry the league has. What was it like for you as a player in that rivalry, of course? Um, difficult. Um, <laughs> yeah, intense. Um, the it was it was it was incredible. I actually uh, the year I got drafted. Um, we did a sort of a preseason, a bunch of guys did a preseason hockey camp, conditioning camp up on Manitoulin Island. Um, and so I got the chance to meet Chad Lang that summer and we skated together the whole summer and they had just lost, I believe the Memorial cup the year before. Um, uh, I may be off on that, but I thought, I thought that was where they were. Um, anyway, so I, I knew Chad going into the season. And then, of course, you play, I think we played four or five exhibition games against him in the preseason and then the eight, eight or ten in the regular season. Um, but it was intense. It was, uh, it, it was a huge rivalry. Um, we had great battles uh, through the years. I mean, Mike Martone, uh, I've seen him, I think, on, on, your, on your podcast. Uh, and he ended up playing against me at, at, when he was St. FX. Um, I, I'm, I'm good friends now with, uh, Kevin Ballbrook. Uh, we, we, we do some on ice development for, for kids in, in this area to, here. So he's, he's a, he's a great friend now, but, but I tell the story when I played against him, I, I, I saw him from, uh, from my backside looking up at him most, most times, uh, it was not, they were not easy to play against. Um, Jamie Langenberner was, was an incredible player to play against and, and he, uh, almost single-handedly. Uh, beat us the year they that Peter uh, won in seven uh, in, in, in the, I think it was my second my second season. Um, luckily, we ended up flipping the switch for my fourth year and, and, and walked out of Peter with the win. But um, yeah, what a rivalry it was! It was, but it was a it was a good rivalry. It was never I, I never felt like it was over the line dirty. Uh, it was just it was tough. It was intense. Um, and of course, having, having drummy on the other side, uh, there, my last, last year was, uh, it made it even more special because it was, it's fun to compete against your buddies. I, I find like you get a better effort when it's, it's somebody on the other side that, you know, it, I, I feel like it's, it's just more, more fun out there to, to go out there and try and beat each other up. So, um, yeah, great, great rivalry. And, and, uh, I'm glad I, I got a chance to participate in it. What a traitor, though, Drummy, eh? Living in Oshawa and coaching in Peterborough, you can't do that stuff. Well, so the interesting thing is that year was was Bill Stewart was uh, from the area. Bob Cajun, I think, is where he was, and and both Oshawa and Peterborough had openings that year for their for the coaching position. And I think Bill was a little ticked off that uh, that Peterborough didn't did hire him. And so when we went to the uh, when we played Peterborough in the playoffs that year, Bill said, listen, when we win this series, we're not shaking hands. We're walking right off the ice. And uh, sure enough, we won in game six in Peterborough and we went and hugged our goalie and we did the whole thing. And as we're turning around, Bill's on the ice and he's pointing us into our dressing room. He's like, you're gone. You're out of here. And, uh, and we did, we walked off, which, uh, you know, it, coaches, um, coaches can good coaches can get a team to buy into what they're selling and we bought it we we we, we bought everything he was saying and, and it was uh it, 
is part of the reason why we became so successful in those playoffs. Um, you know, the yes, us against the world mentality. Um, it would have been nice to shake hands with some of those guys, Zach Burke, uh, who I played against for four years. Um, you know, it would have been nice to say, you know, great series and, and whatnot, but uh, it was, it was also, we were, we were so excited that we, that we finally won a playoff series. That, it was, that was my first one in four years. So, um, you know, we, we listened to the coach, we got off the ice. And I think two days later, uh, David Branch find, uh, find Oshawa and find Bill a, a healthy sum. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, that was, <laughs> I don't think we've seen that since. It's funny how we can talk about uh, David Branch as the commissioner of the league and assessing that fine when you were playing, and we can still talk about David Branch, the commissioner today, <laughs> running the Ontario Hockey League. Yeah, and, and one thing that I, I forgot was at that Memorial Cup, um, Guy Lafleur was there as well as as the the host of the of the banquet. And so all four teams are there for their banquet, and there's the awards and everything else that night, and we're and we're you know we're all sitting down having our having our dinner and someone comes up with the idea that we should shoe check David Branch at the banquet. So, you know, there was Lethbridge, there was Hall. Um, I think it was Shakuta was the other team and, 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 and the guys are all saying, well, which team going to do it? Who's going to do it? So we drew the short straw and uh, it was, it fell on, on our shoulders to, to shoe check Mr. Branch. So um, I was, I, I was, uh, deemed to be the um, the decoy, and uh, my good friend Jeff Ware, who'd been drafted and signed by the Toronto Maple Leafs by that point and had nothing nothing to lose by getting in trouble at the OHL level, decided he would be the person to do the actual planting of the shoe check on Mr. Branch. So I went around to the front of the table, introduced myself to Mr. Lafleur and uh, Mr. Branch, and you know we talked. We had, we'd already played a couple of games and. I don't remember what I said, but I, I, I probably rambled on like I am now long enough to allow my good friend to sneak under the table and put a little bit of mustard or mayonnaise or whatever it was on Mr. Branch's shoe undetected. And then we went back to the table and all four teams were, chimed in and rang the, rang the glasses. It took about three minutes for Mr. Branch to realize that he was the one who had been shoe checked. And uh, he, he looked down and immediately turned around and said, Lindsay, he goes, you're lucky you're done in this league. But uh, it was, uh, that was, that was, that was, uh, was a good, uh, was a good, was a good moment for the team. That is fantastic. Balls yeah. too, Lindsay. Balls. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess I figured at the time, I mean, I wasn't doing it. I was, I was sure. just talking to them, you know, I didn't know what Jeff Ware was up to, but uh, you know, <laughs> Can't can't blame me. So, uh, anyways, no, it was, it was, uh, it was a good moment. The, well, I think all four teams enjoyed that. Fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Uh, I'm just thinking about the current OHL championship that again is going on as we speak. As a former Gen, are you just a guy that like? There's no possible way you could cheer for Peterborough right now. Do you pay any attention at all? I, I do pay attention. Um, you know, uh, but both both franchises. I mean. What London has done over the over the the time since I've been in the league, I, my my third year London that year was three sixty and three. Um, it, at that point, would I ever think looking down the line for the last twenty five years, whatever it's been, that they'd be as successful as they have been? 
Um, but they've been the, the, a model franchise uh, to watch um, and, 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 and they've been fantastic, but also Peterborough. I mean, I, 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 I don't uh, cheer against them. Um, you know, when I played against them, I would have. And, uh, but, you know, a lot of great people have gone through that organization. Uh, a lot of great people are in that organization. And, uh, you know, I just hope it, I hope it goes seven. I hope both teams get to have that experience that it comes down to a game seven and, and they get that same type of uh, feeling that, that I was lucky enough to, to be a part of. It's such a great assessment, Ryan, because, you know, wherever your allegiance might lie in the league, you nail it with what these franchises have done historically, especially London over the past two decades and a bit. And I'll bet you would have much preferred to play in Budweiser Gardens than in the old ice house in London when you're going there, right? <laughs> well, it's interesting because uh, as a junior B player in St. Mary's, we oh, played yeah. against the London National. So we played in that rink quite a bit. And then the year of the OHL draft was in London at, the, at that arena. So I was, I was drafted to Oshawa in that arena. Um, and, uh, and I certainly, um, I, I, I enjoyed, I always had good games in that arena, but, uh, yeah, that new, that new arena in London is fantastic. Um, but again, also back to the Peterborough point I, I wanted to make is, is, um, you know, what a, what a job they've done in, in, in today's age with, you know, the corporate sponsorships and, and, and how expensive it is to run a team in this league now, um, what they've done. Uh, to get this far it's 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 tremendous and it's and you know the organization the the uh, it is a a, you know tremendous uh for the accomplishment they've done yeah and it's it's great for the city i mean they love their pete's in peterborough obviously and uh it, it is great to see the success that they're having this year for sure was there an arena that you really didn't like to play in when you were in the l oh trying to think where was i where was at my worst um (laughs) probably a few rinks i can i can uh think about uh i know the old windsor barn was we only went there once a year thankfully but that was a tough place to play Uh, at jovanoski you know uh, they were they were a menace to play against Uh, those fans were throwing pennies at us and nickels (laughs) and stuff behind the net um yeah i i and i've told this story many times i said you know uh playing against Jovanovski. Um, I remember one time I was behind the net. I had the puck and he, he hit me and he pinned me and he pinned me so hard that I was, you know, six inches off the ice. My feet couldn't even touch the ice and he just held me there. And it was like, it was nothing for him. And I'm sitting here trying to fight and I'm, you know, you know, moving my feet and trying to get, and, I, and all of a sudden I realized, I'm like, what am I doing? I, I, I can't, he's stronger than me. I'm never going to. So I eventually I said, I just stopped fighting. And I said, I go, whenever you're ready to put me down, I'll, I'll go play again. And he just kind of giggled and let me go. And, and, uh, and, and went on, but yeah, Windsor was a, was a, was a, was a hard place to play. Um, and, and early on in the day, Belleville was hard with the Olympic ice. Um, and that, and, and at that point they had Cleary and, and, and Richard Park, uh, Brian Secord, they had, they had some great teams. And I, I remember one night, I think we we got smoked eight, nine, ten, two, something like that. And they had that bullhead in the end of the arena that would blow smoke every time they scored a goal. And I and I swear to God that night the thing ran out of steam because they had so many goals. Um, but that was that was a tough place to play. I, you know, it was um, yeah, there was there was there was a, a bunch of places that were that were hard to play, but uh, um, I. I I, I loved it. It was every minute of being being a general and being in that league was, you know, as a little boy growing up, uh, getting the chance to play that. It was it was a privilege and it was it was awesome being there. So, 
you know, I still look back and, and, and just think about how, how much fun that was. How do you feel about the game today, Ryan, versus the game the way it was played when you were in the league? I mean, the, 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 the players are, are so much more athletic now than we were back in the day. Um, the, the big change I see, obviously, is the, is the hooking, the holding. Um, would I have had a better chance now than I, than I did then if I was the same player? Maybe, but maybe not. Like I, like I said, like, I, was a, I was a quick skater. I wasn't the fastest guy. Um, but on the other side, I also got away with, you know, on the defensive side, I could, I could hook a guy in his waist all the way down the ice and, and just go for the ride and slow him up that way. Whereas now you can't do that. So um, I, I, I like the game. Um, I think it's, it's a, you know, they're de definitely better athletes. Um, I wish there was a bit more uh, physicality, but, but I also think that, it, it's hard because the, you know, the concussion side of things and, and the hits to the head and, you know, I, I don't want to see that anymore. Um, but it's, it's, it's a tremendously fast game and, and super talented and, and the way the guys shoot the puck now, it's, it's, it's incredible. So it's, it's definitely a better, better athletic game now. Uh, but I, I definitely miss the old days. I think where there was, you know, line brawls every couple of weeks, you'd have a line brawl and, and, and not that I was, ever good in that or wanted to be involved in it, but it, it definitely, it added to the spice of the league and, and I'm sure the fans enjoyed it too. Yeah. I think we're kind of at this point where we're searching for that balance again, a little bit, right. I'm with you, you know, with the hooking and stuff out of the game that speeds it up and allows those athletic players to be athletes, but there we're just a little bit on the wrong side. I think of the physicality still, not that we want head hunting players being injured, but we're just looking for that balance again, I think. Yeah, and I don't know where where it comes in. I mean, you you watch the NHL playoffs right now. Um, you know, watching that Florida team, they're big, they're fast, they they're physical. Um, so I think there's room in the game for it. Um, but it's interesting to watch at the NHL level that that doesn't happen in the 82 games very often. It's it's pretty much uh, up and down. You know, let's get our let's get through this game safe and, and get to the next one. Um, but it's you watch the NHL playoffs and and. Uh, I've been I've been a fan watching watching so far this year of of how physical that is. But again, it's I don't think you can do that for 82 games. So, you know, I guess I think somewhere a happy medium in between the uh, you know the, the physicality that you see in the playoffs and, and yet the, the the lack of that in the regular season. I think it would be nice to see somewhere in between in the regular season, but it might just be too hard on everyone's bodies to do that. What led to your decision, Ryan, after winning that championship with UNB? to hop over to the team Canada side and play internationally. Um, that's, uh, that's interesting. I, um, so we finished the year. It was a great year. Uh, we win the national championship first in the school's history. Um, they've now have, I think eight or nine just for those St. FX fans that may be listening. Um, uh, Mike Kelly was leaving. He was, he was hired to go back, and to the OHL, I became coach GM with North Bay. So he was leaving. Um, 
and I had actually a tryout with the Maple Leafs first. Uh, and so I, I went to the rookie camp. It was actually in Kitchener. And we did the, the rookie camp in Kitchener. And um, at the end of that camp, I didn't make it on to main camp. But they had mentioned that the national team had asked if, if perhaps I want to go try out there. And at that point, I didn't even know what the national team was. Um, but I also was like, oh, shoot, like, you know, school's starting and I don't know what to do. And, and uh, my mom actually said, you know, like school will always be there. You can always go back. Why don't you go try and see what happens at this at this training camp in Calgary? So I went out. Um, and, and, and had a good camp and, and, and they said, we're going to sign you. We'd like you to be part of the national team. And this is how it works. You, you live in Calgary for the year. Uh, you become a nationally carded athlete. So you get paid, you know, a, a bit of a salary. Um, you represent Canada in, in all the international tournaments. We play exhibition games. You train every day at the, at the father, David Bow arena. And, um, and at the end of the year, there's a chance that you get signed on to a, a AHL or an IHL, a, a, an East Coast League team. Uh, and if you don't yeah, and you want, you go back to school and, and they give you a, a bit of uh, money to go back to school. So uh, it, it became a situation where I thought, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll take a year and, and, and do this and, and represent the Team Canada and, and, and live that life. And so it, it was amazing. I, I uh, got to play with a former general. Uh, in Fred Brathwaite that year, he was the goaltender for us. He had played in the NHL already and he'd been in the AHL and his, he was looking for a way to sort of get back to the NHL and thought that this might be a path to, to get there. And um, I had watched him in the 90 final. And I, I, I remember he was the goalie on the bench when, when Kevin Butt got injured halfway through the Memorial Cup final and, and, and Fred Brathwaite came in and, 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 and slammed the door and uh, won the Memorial Cup. And so uh, getting to play with him and telling him that story, how I'd watched him. And, and I said, you know, I was always really impressed, uh, Fred, that um, you went down right away and consoled Mike, Mike Torcha. Uh, you know, he'd let in the, the winning goal. And I saw you give him the hug, and that was awesome. And he said, yeah, but Linz, he goes, the truth was, I wanted that game puck. <laughs> so, at least that's what he said to me, which was fantastic. Great Freddie Brathwaite line. Um, but, uh, but getting to that national team, yeah, Mike Johnson and Willie Desjardins were the coaches. Doug Lidster was a, was a player assistant that year. Um, Troy Stonier, a good friend uh, that's become a great friend of mine was there. I mean, it was just a, it was just a great uh, group of group of guys. Um, and yeah, getting to play in, in, in Russia and visiting Moscow, like it was, it was a, it was amazing feeling, you know, we had a, we flew everywhere and, and wore our, you know, our team Canada blazer. And it was just something I never thought would ever happen to me. And, and yeah, we were lucky enough to win, win the Spengler cup. Um, and when we got back from the Spengler cup, here's the interesting thing about Fred Brathwaite. Um, Calgary had gone through six or seven goalies that year. Everyone kept getting injured and we got back and, and uh, first day we're watching the news and Fred Brathwaite's net thing for Calgary. <laughs> so, so that's, so he got, he, he had played so well at the Spengler cup. And, and Calgary needed their, their sixth or seventh goalie that year. They signed him. And I don't know if he got them in the playoffs, but they, they came right down to the wire of, of getting there. And, and he earned his contract for the next year. And I think he played another four or five different seasons in the NHL after that. So um, that's how that, that, yeah, that Team Canada thing came up. It was kind of a fluke, but I'm glad my, my mom said, you know, take the, take the chance and go. And Absolutely. Uh, I, and I remember thinking at the time, well, if I don't go, maybe I'll go next year or the year after. And sure enough, two years later, the, the program folded. They, they decided that, you know, they didn't need to fund a, a national 
program anymore, considering that the world championships were NHL guys representing. And the year before that was the first year the NHL players went to the Olympics. So they decided that, you know, this was the Olympic team, but it, it, they didn't need that anymore with, with the NHL now participating. So they ended it. So if I hadn't have gone then, um, I, I never would have had the opportunity. So it was, it, I was quite fortunate. That's a terrific experience. And, you know, we hear from a lot of guys that leave from junior and if it's not working out in pro, they'll go to Europe and play pro hockey there. You get that very similar experience traveling around with the national team like that. Yeah. And we played, you know, we played everywhere. We played in Sweden, we played in Finland and played in Norway, Japan, actually played against the Japan national team. And uh, one of my friends from growing up in Hamilton was, was playing for the Japan uh, national Ryan Kuwabara, who's now the, the head coach of the Niagara ice dogs just down the street here. Um, so, you know, being in Japan and playing a couple of games against them and, and hanging out with Ryan after the game, and, you know, him showing us some of the restaurants and places to go in, in, in Japan. It was, I mean, experience of a lifetime for sure. We talked earlier about, the championship with quad city in the, in the UHL. And you were a part of the, a streak of six straight 50 plus win seasons with that club. Were you aware of it at the time? And and how much pressure was there if you were to get to that magical mark? Yeah. So I, I, I played on two of those teams. Um, and I think it was the second year I played, uh, that year was actually, I should have mentioned this, this gentleman, Paul McLean was our coach that year. Oh my gosh. Uh, ama- amazing coach. Um, uh, yeah, it was, it was the drive for five. I think at that point it was, it was to, it was to get, become the first professional franchise. I think to get five fifty win seasons, I believe that's what it was at the time. Um, pressure. I don't, I, there wasn't a lot of pressure. Uh, we had a great team that year. Um, the team was, was loaded with, with great players, uh, and a great coach and, and the organization, I mean, uh, the ownership group, uh, general manager, Howard Cornfield, um, they treated us like gold, the booster club, the fans. I, I we probably average eight, 9,000 fans a game, uh, for in the United hockey, which is, which was tremendous. Um, Pressure? No, there really wasn't a lot of pressure. I think that year we finished something like, I don't know, fifty-eight and twelve or something. It was it was a good it was a really good team. Uh, it was a good good year, um, and winning and winning that uh, getting that 50, 50 win mark was was special. And yeah, there's a there's a plaque in the Hall of Fame and the Hockey Hall of Fame that that, that has that. And uh, it's kind of neat taking my kids in there and they get to see that. It's it was uh, it was pretty special. So. Yeah, great, yeah. great organization. I don't care what league you're in. Six straight 50-plus win seasons is is a really incredible run. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, at that level, I know back back in the day, you, you know, people have seen the, some of the under-the-table stuff that, that does go on with, you know, I think it was the Danforth team that, that, that sort of brought that to light on that special. But, you know, from my knowledge with, with Quad City, uh, they did it the right way. Um, they made sure that the players were treated right off the ice. Um, and, and therefore the players that went there wanted to go and win a, uh, win a championship. They went there for the right reasons. Um, but again, it was just, you know, you surround yourself with good people and, and quality people, uh, and, and you're more than likely going to end up on top, you know, in the grand scheme of things. And that, that was, that was certainly what that organization was all about. Why did you decide to hang them up when you did? How did you know it was time? 
so I, so I finished my two years in quad cities. Um, and I decided, uh, I was actually going to possibly go to Europe, uh, the next year. And I, I was back home in Hamilton for the summer skating and getting ready to go. And I was at Hess village and I met my future wife. I, I met her, uh, I had known her as, as an elementary school uh, student and I hadn't seen her in probably 15 or 20 years, whatever the number was. And we, you know, we, we, we bumped into each other. We had a good conversation and we started dating and, and, and about two weeks later, I, I decided that uh, I needed to go back to school, finish my degree because uh, the hockey career probably wasn't going to go where I wanted to go. And, and I didn't think that this, this, uh, this woman uh, who was now a teacher in, in the Hamilton system was, was going to follow me around to some of the places you get to play with and when you're in the, you know, the minor leagues. And, um, and so I decided to go back to school and I went back out to UNB. I uh, had to sit out for, for two years or for a year. Um, but I wanted to go back and finish my degree and, 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 and I was able to play hockey two more years out there, um, to which, you know, obviously I finished off with my, uh, helping my good childhood friends, you know, win their championship. And, you know, as my, as my mom always said, you know, it's, it's good to share things, you know, and at that point, at that point, you know, my good friends, Mikey and Troy hadn't really won much in their lives and, and I'd won so many, I figured maybe it'd be nice to let them have, have, have their, uh, of their cake. So yeah, uh, throw no, them a I, bowl in those Smith exactly. guys. Eh? Yeah. You know, you know, so, but, uh, but, but it was, it was at the end of that, that, uh, that season, I was, I was 27 years old and playing university hockey. And, and, uh, I thought, uh, it was time to, to sort of get on with it and, 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 and sort of look at that, the next phase of getting into a business. And, uh, and then, so, yeah, I moved back home to Hamilton and, uh, decided that I played one year, played one year with the real McCoys, um, and then just, that was enough. I, I, it was just too much working, working and also trying to play, uh, you know, the senior league hockey that it was just, it was too much. And, uh, I sort of wanted to just get into new things and hockey been a great part of my life, but I wanted to sort of venture off and, and do some other things that I had never done. So, um, yeah, uh, 27 or 28, I guess would have, I decided that was enough. When you mentioned travel and some of those minor league experiences, what was that like in quad cities? What was travel like in the UHL? Um, it was amazing. Uh, so the bus that they had for the, for the team was, was a converted sort of a rock star bus where there were, you know, 18 bunks, there was satellite dish. Um, the fridge was always full of liquids. Um, you know, getting to travel on a bus where you can sort of lay down and sleep and read and do whatever you want to listen to music or play cards or, or, or whatever, as opposed to flying in an airplane, uh, where you have to sort of wear your suit and you're flying commercial and you're, you know, there's delays and there's, it, it actually was, was a pretty neat way to travel. Um, and they, and they did things right in quad cities. We, we, we would always go to a, a road game the day before, get in on time and have a nice dinner at a nice steakhouse and, and, and get in and have a good, could rest, get up in the morning, have a skate. It was never, you know, drive 12 hours and play that day. They treated us really well. Um, you know, in, in the town of Quad Cities, uh, several restaurants would, would sponsor the team and, and you'd have free meals at, at certain restaurants. And, and uh, yeah, uh, it was, uh, travel was great there and, 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 and they, the city was, was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. What keeps you connected to the game today? We've talked about the coaching you do with kids, et cetera. What keeps you involved? 
I, it has to be the, the, the kids. I, I have uh, two boys and a girl. They've, they've, they've all played hockey. My daughter has decided she's the youngest. She's decided this year uh, she got into volleyball, which was her mom, her mother's sport. Uh, her mom's uh, was a volleyball player at McMaster and, and quite a, quite a good volleyball player. And so now like my daughter's decided to follow in those footsteps and I love watching the sport. It's that's great. Um, the boys, the boys, I have one who was a U16 last year and one that was a U14. Uh, I've had the opportunity to coach both of their teams over the last couple of years. Um, yeah, without them playing, I, I, I probably wouldn't have gotten back into this sport. Um, but because they, they're involved, uh, I figured I should probably help out where I can, you know, come on the ice and help as assistant coaching role or open a door or whatnot and just sort of, sort of help out where I can. And, um, it's been great and it's been fun sort of, uh, using some of those lessons that those, uh, those men I've talked about before, uh, you know, taught me and, and, and passing it on to, to these, these younger guys. And, um, you know, it's great. We, uh, you know, I think it's what it's all about. It's, it's, uh, helping the next person along and, and, and doing what you can to see them succeed. Would you recommend the OHL route to a young hockey player today? I find it's this is this is the interesting thing. I find that the draft now being a 16-year-old draft, um, whereas in my day you could get drafted as a 16-year-old, but you had to be drafted in the first three rounds. And at that time, a team could only take two 16-year-olds in the first three rounds. So in today's draft, it's still the same way. The top two rounds are are 16 year old players that are most likely going going to play this year um but really from you know the fourth round and and beyond i don't feel a lot of those players are ready to play anyway um so they'll probably develop in u18 or or junior b or junior a or, or maybe they get signed and they just practice all year and sit on the bench um i don't know i i i uh i feel if if you're mature enough to go and, and you're, and you're going to get ice time, it's, it's, it's not a bad, it's, it's sorry. It's a, it's a great opportunity for you. Um, but I think it's hard. I think it's, and I think a lot of players aren't really ready till they're 17, almost 18 by the time they're, they're ready to play at that level. Unless of course you're again, one of those, one of those top, you know, 15 or 30 players that are, that are going to draft at 16 that are, that are, that are ready to go now. Um, but no, I think it's, I think it's a great league. I love, I love what, what they're, what they're doing with the education. Um, I, I love what they're, what they're doing with trying to make sure that things are cleaned up. I, I think it's, I think they're, they're, they're going in the right direction for sure. And um, yeah, I, I would recommend it for, for a kid who's, who's ready to go play for sure. You know, it's interesting when you talk about that 16 year old draft and what it had been like, et cetera. And it brings up the whole aspect of development, right? And and where are you going to develop better as a player? Where are you going to be getting ice time, including special teams, et cetera, or fourth line minutes in the O? Like what's best for that young hockey player? Yeah, and, and honestly, it's it's a case-by-case basis. It really is. Um, so my son this year, he was a U16, uh, played here for the Niagara North, uh, didn't get drafted, um, but I told him, you know, when I was your age at the exact same time, uh, you know, our draft was, you had to be in the first three rounds. And at, at, at my time, when I was his age as, as a 16 or 15 year old turning 16, I was nowhere near the top 300 players in, in the province at that point. And 
the next year, I, I ended up trying out for a junior B team and, um, and made the team. Dave McQueen was my coach. Um, and all of a sudden things just clicked. I got ice time. I was on the power play. I penalty killed. I ended up being the team's leading scorer and finished, you know, in the top of the league in scoring. But if you, if you had looked at my game the year before as a major Bantam, you'd say there's no way that that guy was going to be a leading scorer in junior B the next year. And, and, and conversely becoming a first round pick in the OHL as a 17 year old. So, you know, in my case, that worked out for me. Um, you know, there's other cases where, you know, you go and you play U18 and maybe you hire a skating coach in the off for the season, or maybe you do other things away from the U18 that develops your game. Um, because again, I, I don't see a lot of 16 year olds, even 17 year olds with a huge impact on the league. There's, there's some, but, but the majority are, they don't make an impact till they're 18, 19 years old. So yeah, I don't, I think that, uh, that, that, that 17 year old year, that 16, 17 year old year for a lot of kids, I'm, you don't need to be playing junior A or, or tier two or whatever it is, junior B, um, in order to make it, you need to, you need to, you need to find a place where you're going to get better. And that may be playing U18, uh, you know, it may be playing junior A, it, 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 case by case basis for sure. You know, for a guy that said at the beginning of this, it's been a long time since you've had the chance or been asked to talk about your time in the OHL. Uh, I feel like we could go another full hour here. <laughs> this has been, this has been a ton of fun. Thanks so much for doing it. Well, you know what? I appreciate you reaching out and uh, I'm glad the internet worked better tonight than <laughs> the other night when we tried to get this thing going. So right. that's okay. Um, uh, no, this has been great. And I appreciate you, uh, you asking me and, uh, and uh, yeah, I, you know what? I, to all those guys that, that we've talked about before uh, tonight and, and to the guys that, that, that have, have made a, an impact on me uh, through, through their teachings, uh, just a, a big thank you from my, from my heart. Um, I think you've helped make me a better person. In fact, I know you have, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping to, to pass that, that on to the next uh, generation. I, I just want to make sure this goes on the record too, because I think I said it before we started recording. So anybody that's just listening to this, make sure you check out the YouTube channel so you can see the backyard this guy's sitting in front of. You you did say, right? I'm going to be able to come over there for beers and we'll talk more hockey. Absolutely. Okay, you good. Know, bring bring the crew and we'll uh, maybe your associate producer there and uh, and we'll get him we'll get him a beer or two. I love it, Linz. Thank you so much for this. All right, thank you so much too. Appreciate it. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.